0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 63 of Let's Talk Love. I'm Solve, And
1: I'm Marcia.
0: We're happy you're here.
1: We practiced it, no. guys. We practiced it and we still messed it up. We practiced it I half a it second before. It's fine. I'm Marsha. She's Solve. This is Let's Talk Love. We got this. <laughs> So
0: hey y'all, we just wanted to let you know this episode is going to be more about Ted Lasso season three, but we do have some fun things coming up that we're going to talk about a bit. But just for schedule, for anybody who's like following along so excitedly with our schedule, we want you to know that for the next three weeks after this, it will be me Solve with special guests talking about relationships, love, communication, all the things, and you're going to have to wait on our Ted Lasso discussion of the final two episodes until June 12th. So if you're like really only listening to us for Ted Lasso discussions, hang tight. We'll see you in about a month for those discussions, but otherwise, Marsh is going on vacation, which I imagine is what you're loving this week. Is that what you're loving?
1: It really is. Guys, I'm not just I mean, I'm not just going on vacation. I am going to the homeland of Ted Lasso. I'm going to to London.
0: Amazing. Oh my gosh. Do you feel like telling us a little bit about what you're doing? I mean, are we there? Are you ready to like talk about it or do you want to talk about it
1: later? I'm I'm mentally, I mean, I'll, I'll probably have a lot more to talk about when I return, but Mm -hmm. we are going to be, so we're going to the UK. This is not our first time in the UK. We've been there quite a bit, especially to London. Uh, but this time we are staying in Richmond. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Actual Ted Lasso land. And here's the thing. Look, if you're like eye rolling at me a little bit, here's the thing. Is it a cool place that is connected to Ted Lasso? Yes. Would I stay there if it was a garbage dump of a location? No. Mm -hmm. Richmond is a quite affluent area of London and there's like a bunch of really cool things in the area. So I was like, okay, we have to go to Richmond when we're there. And then yeah, when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, there's like a lot of cool things and there's some lovely parks and running paths, which is usually my first priority when looking for a location. So anyway, we're going to be staying in Richmond for a few days cool. and then we are going to be um, at the border of England and Scotland and we're going to be hiking along Hadrian's Wall. Um cool for about six days. It's I I don't know the average hike. It's not like super long or intense. It's like, I don't know. The average is probably like 12 miles a day. So, and there's not much incline.
0: This is so neat. Is it like a, is it like a, you go out and come back to the same place or you walking along the wall and then like going to, do you stay in different towns or how does it work?
1: Yeah. In so camping? we're going just yeah. have to imagine
0: your tent camping.
1: It's there. Okay. Hold on. There's no camping involved. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure other people maybe will camp, but I, I not me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. So the way that it works, we, we contracted or like we're working through with a, a company that does this, that has like all sorts of different hikes that they do. Um, and so you get a, a pre-planned itinerary that you have on your phone and you, they also uh, coordinate your stay for you. So we stay in a different location every time. So we hike like the first day is like 10 miles. And so there's a town there. And then we hike like 12 more miles and there's a bed and breakfast that we stay in there. Right. Like, so cool. all, told, I think we go around 80 miles. Wow. Right. From start to finish. And they also, and this was the selling point for me, uh, coordinate Sherpa in your bags. So they have a Ooh. luggage pickup. So like your big bags, they take them from place to place. You know, you still carry like a day pack because you're out hiking. But that was a real compelling argument to me. I mean, obviously you pay for all of this, but right, it's worth it for me. So we're going to be hiking along the English countryside. And if people don't know what Hadrian's Wall is, because I think... A lot of people don't, given how many I, I people I've told you. Okay, yeah. I'll admit okay. I don't know what it is. No, 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 that's okay. Most <laughs> people do? I'm like, I'm hiking along Hadrian's wall and they're like, I have no idea what that fucking is. They apparently don't have a husband who's a real like Roman history nerd. I uh, mean, like, it
0: sounds like something I've heard of before, but tell me <laughs> tell us more.
1: So basically, back like back in the day when the Roman Empire was conquering everything, they made their way all across Europe, all the way up to England. Mm-hmm. And they made it to the border of Scotland, right? They've conquered all of Europe. I just want to emphasize this. Like, they mm-hmm. have, like, really made their mark. They get to the border of Scotland. They encounter the Scots, and they're, like fuck that shit these people are crazy (laughs) and so they built a wall and we're like you guys just stay on that side and we're gonna stay on this side like oh wow yeah so that's Hadrian's wall oh wow that's so it's an actual wall it is an actual wall I mean pieces there's like you know the whole thing doesn't exist in its full glory because it's real old. I probably could look at how old. it's real, old. real, real you old. Can I mean, tell R- us. Roman empire. You learn, can tell us when you get back. You'll have <laughs> so many facts for us. <laughs> so many fun facts. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're hiking along it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. And then we're going to spend the last few days in Liverpool. Ooh, oh. so fun. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So that's my plan. I'll have, I'm sure much more to share with you all when I get back. But, um, I, do you think there is something that feels like, I don't, I think a little magical that we're going to be watching the end of Ted Lasso in the UK. In Richmond. <laughs> yeah. Although we won't be in Richmond for that episode. Okay. Okay. I was like, kind of bummed we're, we'll already be out on our hike, but, um, uh, still, still still we'll be, we'll, we'll have just been in Richmond. So, so cool. That
0: is so cool. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you both.
1: Yeah. it's just I'm, the two
0: of you, right. It's just you and Dustin going,
1: uh, we're going uh, another couple is going with oh, us too. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're gonna sit out on this hike. Yeah. Yeah. amazing that is so cool I'm so excited yeah. for you. and I assume we'll encounter other people do like this is a pretty popular hike mm-hmm. like so I assume we will encounter others along the way will we be the youngest by like three decades possibly who knows who knows that sounds really
0: exciting I'm so excited for you and I can't wait to hear all about it
1: Yeah. I'm feeling a lot of, I don't know if you get this, but I, in the days leading up to any travel, I, especially like big travel where like, you're going to be gone for a significant amount of time. I get like this level of anxiety. I know, I know it's coming. Like I can feel it now. It happens to me every time before we go to Hawaii. Uh, And it's this thing where I at least have had it happen enough where I'm like, okay, I know that the second I get, once I'm in the plane, in the air, It like all just melts away because you're like, there's nothing I can do now. We're on the way. If I forgot something, I forgot it. I'll just figure it out. Like can't do, I can't clean anything else. I can't make any more calls. Right. So I'm kind of in the midst of that right now. So I feel like I have a little bit of a nervous energy. Yeah, that's
0: fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. That happens for me too, for sure. Like just, and depending on where I'm traveling, I get like nervous about where I'm traveling to like, oh, I'm like, oh, wow. All kinds of things are happening in my brain right now. It's like, doesn't really feel real until you like, yeah, like you get on the plane. There's just, I also just think there's a lot to do to get out of town. Like, and I know that that can be we can make that more ease filled by like approaching it with ease. Like I do understand that, but also I just think it does take a lot to get out of town. And so, especially yeah. when you know, you're going to be gone for a while. Yeah.
1: You're in that phase yeah. right now. I, I get it. Yeah. The, the big thing is like, there's a couple things that we need to do, but you can't really do those things until right before. Like we have somebody who's going to be staying at our house with our dogs. And so I want the house to be like really clean and in order when yeah. we leave, but I can't really do that until right before we leave. Cause otherwise when well, it gets messy. So it's like this weird, like holding pattern where you're like, I know what I need to do and I can't do it quite yet. So you can't totally. check everything off the, but anyway, anyway, that's where I'm at right now. What are you? Oh my gosh. You? you love it. Well, I totally feel you in that I am
0: getting ready to Airbnb my house for the summer. And I I don't know, listeners, if we've talked about that much, but I'm going to be basically as Marsha gets back, I am leaving and I'm leaving to go to Ireland for two months, basically. And so during that time, I'm going to Airbnb my house. And uh, that is quite like quite an experience. On its own, like just getting everything, like getting all my personal stuff, like the stuff, you know, what stuff am I willing to have out for guests? Like, I don't feel like it's a home, so it can still have stuff in it, but like my personal stuff needs to go away. And that's quite the endeavor. So, and just like looking at little things around your house, you're like, oh, I've put up with that. Or I've actually, my brain has forgotten that that exists because (laughs) your brain just adapts to like the, the quirky things about your house. But like, maybe a guest wouldn't like that part. So, like, That's what I'm trying to do right now is I have, I have a couple more weeks, but just like looking at things and being like, what, what needs to happen next? So I'm doing a lot of that. Um, I feel like this week has been a lot of ups and downs for me listeners. I'm not going to talk about this a lot because it's very like new and something my brain is adjusting to, but my beloved dog of 14 years passed away on Monday. and that is just like a it's really intense like the grief has been really intense so for anyone else i'm sure listening who understands losing losing someone you love right losing someone you love in this case an animal but an animal who has been my housemate you know and like housemate and dearest companion for 14 years i'm sort of my brain is adjusting a lot right now mm-hmm. You I don't want to crying about it already. So y'all, I don't know if my, I don't think I'm going to cry right now. I, I think I, I don't think it's possible. I've cried it out, but I have been feeling my feelings this week. So that's, I know I would not say I am loving that, but that is a thing that is happening. But I mean, I guess the other side of that is that, all, uh, or not the other side, another side is in terms of things that are coming up for me, Jason international lover turned boyfriend is coming to Alaska for the first time ever next week. So that is feeling really exciting amidst grief. Like there are a lot of weird things happening in my head right now. I'm like getting ready for Airbnb, grieving, and also feeling like the twinges of excitement about Mm -hmm. this person who I love, who's coming to see a place I love. So there's a lot of things going on. More than one thing can be true. We have Said many a time on this podcast, and mm-hmm. I am feeling it.
1: Yeah, it, it never more true than for you in this moment, and listeners. If I'm not sounding super empathetic about that, Sylvain and I talked about. <laughs> yes, all of we did this Talk
0: like, for like twenty minutes about lunar this. passing, and so, we yes.
1: both cried. So, yes. yes. So <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're trying to keep it part. up. We're trying to just keep the energy up. Yeah. Yep. Not. Yeah. 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 Lots of things happening. I mean, I think like that is. Like the, I guess the constant in life is that it goes on, right? Like you just, you keep marching on, uh, no matter what's happening, right? Like the sun is going to rise or if you're in Alaska, it's going to stay risen. (laughs) yes
0: yeah. so it's like crying and cleaning and writing a love letter to luna and crying and cleaning and getting excited about jason i'm not writing him love letters right now just to luna but it's okay i mean he'll get some later um he's been very 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 supportive and i've been very grateful for and i've been so grateful for your support and for other people's support i've been very feeling very loved and supported this week through through all of it so yeah it's it's listeners You probably have a million things going on in your lives too. So, you know, but for now, let's talk about Ted Lasso because there's some good stuff to
1: talk about this episode. All right. We are on Ted Lasso season three, episode 10. Can you believe we only have two more episodes left? Oh my gosh. I'm kind of sad,
0: but I'm also enjoying,
1: enjoying yes, savoring, I know. savoring these More moments. than one thing. More than one thing at a yep. time, right? Yes, correct. <laughs> okay, so a quick recap of this episode. Richmond continues to dominate the field, and erratic billionaire Edwin Akufu is back as an agent of chaos. Some of the players are getting pulled to play for their home teams and international play. Despite being wonderful, Sam isn't chosen by Nigeria, Rebecca is invited to the discussions around a super league, and we finally get a little glimmer of why her and Rupert found connection all those years ago. Meanwhile, Nate is out at West Ham, seemingly by his own accord, and Keeley is dropped by her investors. Finally, Roy apologizes. So many things. There was a lot. There was a lot of things that happened in this episode, um, and. I, I, as I was thinking about themes for this particular episode, I was like, oh, what is it? Like, there's a lot of seemingly unconnected things, but one little theme that popped up and I think every one of these storylines that we saw is this idea of like, were they ready for it or are you ready for it? Like, mm-hmm. Are you ready for it when your opportunity comes And it? So I, I think we kind of see that play out for each of these characters. Um, so we are gonna get into it. Um, let's see, do we wanna start with Rebecca? I mean, I think she yeah. had the biggest story in this. Yeah,
0: let's start with Rebecca. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, well, okay, I just wanna, just an overall with Rebecca that I, I wanna note. so. And this is like just thinking about the show at large. So we know that this season is supposedly like based on what Jason Sudeikis has said. The last season of Ted Lasso, like basically what he has said about it is, this was intended to be a three-season arc for these characters, and they did the stories that they wanted to do. And I think he's speaking specifically about the character of Ted Lasso. And what I have noticed. in the last couple episodes and really more so in this one is that Rebecca has like stepped up as it seems like she's the main character now Mm -hmm. in this show like she's the one who's been like giving pep talks and like Mm -hmm. really is is the heart Mm -hmm. of the show in a way that Ted used to be and we don't see quite as much from Ted anymore so that's just like something generally I'm noticing with Rebecca
0: yeah that's an interesting observation. I'm glad you said that. I hadn't fully noticed that yet. So that's interesting. yeah, we really we I mean she is strong in this episode and it is neat yeah. to watch. And we also see like her evolution so much in I, especially this episode, right yeah. yeah yeah, where should we start? I mean where I, cool. I'm glad you mentioned that. Where do you feel like we start Rebecca's story or what we want to look at with Rebecca?
1: Well, we kind of start with she. It starts with this interaction basically between her and Rupert. Or she's getting phone calls from Rupert, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. AKA the devil. Yeah. And she's ignoring them
0: she's declining them at this point yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and eventually he shows up at her office which he like it's funny because there was at some point ted had mentioned like well at least with him at west ham we can like have scheduled run-ins with him instead of the usual surprises and then him surprising her i was like of course fucking rupert (sighs) yeah he's quite entitled isn't he (laughs) Yeah. And he's inviting her to participate in this, this super league that Edwin mm-hmm. Akufu is proposing, which is a real, like that, that is a real thing that folks are doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it was interesting. Definitely. Uh, I think y'all, y'all know Jason international lover, boyfriend, fellow is super, super into football and I have heard about this super league so when I was watching this episode I was because te- he's he, believe it or not y'all he's not watching Ted lasso right now um and I was texting him like uh there's a super league being discussed in Ted Lasso like this show is so legit <laughs> <laughs> and he was impressed actually he was like that's interesting do they think it's a bad thing And I was like I think so but let's see what happens so yeah I mean these are it's interesting how they weave in like current events or I guess current-ish events Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I mean I I think it's a nice way to help give context for people of what what are perspectives on what is happening in real life right like that's what one of the things that I think great storytelling does is it helps us to understand a situation more thoroughly like you get to see the different perspectives on it right yeah Um, so I appreciated that because there's a documentary about this super league idea Mm, and I've watched some of it Um, Okay. Yeah. But I remember very little. Uh. (laughs) Well, it's interesting that, I mean, I don't know about you, but did you get
0: suspect from the very beginning? I mean, whenever Rupert is involved, I'm just like side eye, like what is happening here? So like him inviting her, I'm already skeptical. And I mean, she is too, it seems like she's like already like, Hmm, this sounds like an interesting opportunity, but, but what do I do with this opportunity? And we see her trying yeah. to call Keely again, who is, again, MIA.
1: Yeah. Well, I thought that this was interesting because she, so I, I agree. I had the same reaction. First of all, Ed, it's Edwin Akufu's idea, who exactly. has proven himself to be an agent of chaos. <laughs> like, These people are not trustworthy. Not, no, he is not to be trusted. And then Rupert is, like, also evil. So, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So we immediately, like, it's interesting to me that that was not, Rebecca's resistance so she's like hey I got invited to this meeting and I thought she was gonna be like but Rupert is involved like this does not seem like something I want you know like that would have been my reaction but hers was it was interesting and it's something she's mentioned before in previous seasons about she said basically I I think that the only reason I got invited is because I'm a woman and they wanted a woman in this group to make them look better Right. Like I'm their token minority, yeah. essentially. I mean, uh, I don't think she's wrong. No. In that. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think she's wrong. It's I thought that the interaction she had with Higgins about that, right? She can't she couldn't find Ted. Uh Keely wasn't answering. Sassy was on a plane. <laughs> so she went to Higgins. And it's interesting that I mean, basically, this is the same conundrum and response that happened when keely was first offered the job by rebecca is what i was thinking i was like oh it's kind of like her being like well am i just getting a seat at the table because of oh, right. x or y right and yeah. she's like is it just because of a woman and he basically is like what does it matter if you're getting a seat at the table take the seat yeah and i yeah. do think like i think that that i'm glad that this is the second time we've heard that reflected because they do think that that's important that like sure maybe like maybe they're not offering that seat for you know I don't, good reasons or ethical reasons mm-hmm. but like it now it's your chance to take whatever has been given to you and take advantage of that opportunity
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah excellent point so she decides to go to the meeting. I mean, I don't get the impression at any point that she's like on board with this necessarily. No. She but she's going to go take her seat at the table and we see um this moment where she is reckoning with herself it appears like, you know, thinking about those moments that I think I certainly could relate to like looking at yourself in the mirror and be like, I mean, I don't know. Of course, we don't know exactly what's going on for her, but like, am I ready for this? Can I handle this? Like, what am I going to do? Walking into the unknown, right? Like all of that uncertainty. uh, And I I thought it was really interesting that, that we see like her seeing herself as a child in that moment and doing that thing that she described to Nate in last season, right? Where she does her power posing, her goddess posing, whatever you want to call it. Um, that fierceness, like calling on that fierceness in herself. That was, that was pretty neat to watch. How, what was your reaction to that? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, she had also said in a previous episode about how she feels like whenever she goes into these football owners meetings, they look at her like she's a little girl with pigtails. Oh, did she Uh, say that? I don't remember that. that. Okay. Good memory. And, and, and I remember because there's a whole like side, Keely was like, I bet you'd look great with pigtails. And she's like, I do. <laughs> for, for some reason, that interaction stuck Good. in my mind. Yeah. Um, but I do like, I did think it was interesting. I mean, I think it's such a great reflection on, on like, on like the things that impact us in our lives long. Like, I feel like the, we, we still view ourselves as that little kid so often, right? Like the things that people said to us, the way that we felt, we carry those things that from our formative young years with us. And I think like, this is such a ref- like a great visualization of what that is. Like she's kind of still thinking of herself as that small child.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but she, but she goes anyway to that (sighs) gentleman's club, I suppose. And that seems awful. Just
1: (laughs) awful. And the first, like the first thing a guy says to her is something about her looks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is believable. I mean, all of it is like, I mean, the show is so good at creating these scenes that you're like, yep. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly what would happen there. Yep.
1: Yeah, I like it. It was so I just immediately was annoyed by that guy. He said something. He's like, "You walked in your dress like that," or he made some. Com- it was some comment about her yeah, look, her, her appearance. Doing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god! Every like every time you interact, <laughs> I can't even count how many times that has happened to me. Where a dude, and especially an older guy. Sorry, guys. It's usually men of that generation. Have made some comment yeah I'm like oh cool this is fun yeah for everyone
0: yeah yeah it's so uh diminishing even it's what do you what do you call that harassment um what do you call it when you're like yeah it's like uh yeah your value is in your appearance glad you're here
1: yeah glad you're here you look hot Oh, thank God. I don't know what I have done if you hadn't found me attractive, old dude. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then we have this moment with Akufu, which is a little, like, a little bit of solidarity, where he's, like, glad to not be the only minority in the room, and, like, okay, like, ooh, Akufu, you're a... These people, Akufu and, uh, and Rupert, Edwin and Rupert, are both quite good, or at least can be good at manipulation, you know. So you see it's like, I don't trust that, but I understand what he's saying.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that like this is the more than one thing is true, right? Like yeah. he is can be just a like monster, but also like see certain things or be be aware mm-hmm. of that type of stuff. Like I think I think that is also what makes people dangerous, right? Is when they are able to navigate that like you know he he kind of chummies up with her for a moment Mm -hmm. and acknowledges it Mm -hmm. yeah and and then he also kind of talks about this change he wants to make and how much money that they're going to make from this super league and Rebecca prompted by Keely so Keely finally responds to her via text
0: just at the right time. Can we just celebrate when you get a text at the right time from a friend that says exactly what you need to hear? Like, that was great timing, Keeley.
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's not an argument to keep your phone out at meetings. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Normally that's not the side of that I come down on. Me either. (laughs) Yet, do I have to change my tone? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, and I think like really pointed poignant comment that they're basically just a bunch of little boys right yeah that's what she says and then I think I think it's a good exercise for Rebecca to think of them that way you Mm -hmm. know like instead of being in her own head thinking of herself as this little child that like they're also that as well like It's so great.
0: May we all remember that whenever we need that. Right. Like I just was like, I love that there's the actual depiction of these little boys for a moment. We see a flash of her being able to see them, but then, you know, I mean, I think there's so many times where I know I have gotten intimidated and, and not fully spoken my truth because I'm sort of in my head and like in this space of feeling intimidated. And, uh, you know, I, I can relate to that. And I also, like I, I, those moments where you actually just free yourself up to actually say what you think is so, it's so great when those happen. And she does that here. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. She almost speaks to them then as little boys, right? Like, what are you doing? Just stop it, you know, in this way that is, it's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She literally says, just stop it. Yeah,
0: stop exactly. It. <laughs> you little boys. Yeah. We're just trying to make money. I mean, and then she has this beautiful monologue, right?
1: Yeah. And I, I did write down the first two lines that I thought were particularly noteworthy. She said, it was after she goes, just stop it. Mm-hmm. She said, How much more money do you really need? How could you ever consider taking something away that means so much to people?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she, you know, it's a long, it's it's mm-hmm. a pretty long monologue that she has, a speech that she's given, and she, kind of tells the story of Rupert like which I thought was really interesting it's the first time we really get any insight into what Rupert's history has been yes or Um, why
0: she would have fallen for him too right like that was an endearing story
1: yeah well and actually there there's a couple interactions in like in this like scene kind of right while they're in this gentleman's club that I was like oh okay I finally like get a sense of what it must have been like at least when things were good for them or what the initial like connection was Mm -hmm. like they do have rapport and when he like he seemed to be genuinely reacting to what she was saying like that was the first genuine emotion I feel like I've seen out of him other than like I don't know evil (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, he even asks her what she thinks, which I was like, okay, interesting. Like,
0: like I appreciate that. And I, and it seemed like he actually wanted to know, like, like if he does actually love this game, then maybe he did bring, I mean, you can kind of see how they would be a power couple together and Mm -hmm. are both charismatic and are both thoughtful and intelligent. Like you can see those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can see why they, they connected to begin with and what the, And a little bit of what the relationship was and I and like it's just interesting to see how like Rupert it seems wasn't born evil (laughs) yeah as far as we know yeah I mean who knows he like he clearly based on the story has like really worked hard to get where he is at and like you you just want to go like okay what made you into this villain like mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. moments where you're not that like, and I think that that's the beauty of this show is everyone. And I we talked about this pretty recently, like everyone on the show, you get a little piece of like the motivation as to why they are behaving badly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we even were like, except for Rupert, <laughs> Rupert's just all evil well we we still don't
0: know why he's behaving so badly do we We don't
1: we we don't we definitely don't but i do think like we did get a piece of humanizing information Mm -hmm. about him Mm -hmm. that makes him a little like to me i'm like god like if this is the only scene you see where he's like first you tell that story and then they kind of are laughing to one Mm -hmm. another and it just it's very endearing and you're like oh He's a human. Like he's still a person in the world. He's not all terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's done a lot of other terrible things.
0: we see their rapport. And we, yeah, we hear that he's mm-hmm. probably somehow has come into wealth but wasn't always that way. Like there's something we also, I think, understand even further why she would want to take the football club as the thing that he's most passionate about right that like if she's taking something from him why that became the center of focus for her in terms of t- revenge right like there's insight into that as well
1: yeah yeah it's funny she mentions that in this mm-hmm. at the start of this scene too she said yeah i took the one thing he ever let." like she said it so casually and i'm like oh
0: Like she really did. Like she really, like that is what she was. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't
1: a joke. Like she seriously identified what he cared most about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I also thought it was interesting at the end of this, of, of that, you know, monologue, she says, some I didn't write down all of it but something about people love this game and i would hate to destroy this beautiful game right she's talking about how the super league would create this sort of exclusivity amongst football soccer and who could watch it and those kinds of things and then she says i would hate for i would hate for these kids to lose access to the beautiful passionate parts of themselves part of themselves i would hate i'm going to say that again i would hate for these kids to lose access to the beautiful, passionate part of themselves. And it's interesting because as she says that, of course, and we'll talk about this later in the scene, we're also seeing Nate playing the violin for the first time that we know. And it's, I think, sort of some sort of sub theme that's happening here is seeing all of these people and sort of their connection to their childhood. Like there's, there's definitely something there. So it's interesting to think about, um, who has lost access to the beautiful, passionate parts of themselves. Like I was thinking about who's regaining access, who's connecting back in with that and who maybe like, maybe Rupert has lost some of that in terms of what's happening for him. I don't know. I thought there was, I, I wanted to spend time on that moment and that line for a minute.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's a really great point to, to note. Yeah, I agree. I I kind of want like, I didn't, don't think I ever would have said this before, but there's a part of me like, well, now I wish I had a Rupert episode. I don't want that for the next two episodes, but I kind of want to like, I want, I'm, I'm interested because I do think like one thing we got more insight into, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit here is Nate, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I just think that With Nate, you get some context, like how did he become this? And with Rupert, we still don't have, we have a, okay, he hasn't always been like this, but then we don't have a, how did he get like this? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. I also, just because we're kind of talking about Rupert right now, Mm -hmm. there's a couple things. So earlier in this scene, when they get to the the gentleman's club, we (laughs) see that Rupert have a new... Assistant who is like uh-huh. not his norm, right? Like that's what they're trying to communicate is that she is not like this like model personal assistant anymore.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um what so okay, I think that there's two ways to read this. Dustin and I were talking about this. Either one, something happened, and they kind of allude, he alludes to something dramatic. Oh, and he said
0: the last one was skewed and dramatic. Skewed, skewed, dramatic.
1: He skewed dramatic. He said the last one skewed, dramatic. There, Trent Krim, earlier in the episode, said he heard rumblings of inappropriate workplace Behavior. behaviors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? We know, like, so did something happen? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and is it related to Nate? Like, is there something else that happened that made Nate quit? Did Nate... Mm-hmm free like somehow whistleblow on Rupert like, mm. is there is there something that like related to like is there more to the Nate quit story that we're not seeing yet that is somehow related to like what is going on with Rupert right is this and it, does he does he now have this other um assistant who's like seemingly like not his type right like not a woman he would be trying to sleep with Is this to try to like rehab his image or to like show whoever that like, he's not doing that pattern or, and Dustin, he is so kind. He was like, well, do you think maybe Rupert hired her because he like actually listened to Rebecca when she was like, Hey, you need to get it together. And I'm like, I mean, it took him too long. He acted real badly after that.
0: Yeah, that's, that is very kind, Dustin. I, I didn't get that impression from that and I actually was puzzling on that too I was like okay because I mean just to be I mean I think that woman is also not unattractive she's an attractive woman like I was just like oh does he have multiple types like that was more my question was like oh is this another type of woman that he likes he's like out with that woman and now here's a different woman I mean I yes he does seem to like like model looking women but I don't know about woman. I don't know. I was <laughs> like, well, well what's so happening this, here?
1: This is what was weird because she isn't, I wouldn't consider her an unattractive woman either. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. she's, but there was something about her that well, I was, was like, it,
0: maybe it was the fecal
1: sample that she was telling him about. <laughs> yeah. It's something about like the energy with which yeah. she came in. Mm-hmm. Like, right. It's the energy that she had that I was like, he does not want to fuck her.
0: Like, well then she kind of overstayed too I was like what's happening in that scene like she kind of stays and like a standing she just seems there kind of awkwardly. weird like she yeah. seemed
1: kind of quirky and yeah. odd like that's how yeah. I read it is that she's like she's not this like aloof model like mm-hmm. person that seems to be the energy of a lot of women that Rupert interacts with mm-hmm. she she seemed like a real person in the world mm-hmm. and she's like mm-hmm. a little bit like quirky I don't know I I just was like this is so interesting because it's not like she's not unattractive but I I don't feel like he is attracted to her there is something about the way that that her energy reads (laughs) and I kind of felt like that was intentional for us to get like I think think Rebecca saw that that she was like well this is odd
0: yeah. I mean, she comments on it, right? Like, where's yeah. that other one? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that's about, but I do. Yeah. I'm curious as well because Nate's story seemed so sudden. It's like, do we going to get a little bit more background or is it just, or did he just like decide after that night? I mean, the last thing we know is that Rupert was inviting him out with these two other model women, right? Like, is that just, was? did he just have enough? Did he just decide that's not what he wants? I, I think we'll learn that. I think we'll learn something.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like we have a little more context to yeah. get still. I also don't timing wise. I don't know like how long it was between those last two, like the last episode in this, like in the world of the show.
0: I think it's, it's been a while. Guess. Cause Keeley says, well, it's been a few weeks since I heard from jacket.
1: Oh yeah. That's good. So. That's a good
0: point. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's been, it's been some time. A
0: few weeks. Yeah. Presumably. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, no and Rupert I mean I guess going back to the scene Rupert tries to kiss yeah. Rebecca I, ha- I she saw he was ready copy.
0: for it she was
1: ready for it yeah she did not she did not reciprocate and I was like good job Rebecca mm-hmm. that would have really not been a great way to end this show <laughs> she gets <laughs> none back <with> it, Rupert.
0: <laughs> yeah none of us would have liked that choice as no. Keely describes as well yeah I mean so in terms of like Rebecca being ready for it like she's ready for that meeting whether she feels yeah. like she is or not and she's also ready she knows Rupert's deal she knows she's like of course now that's what you're gonna do I mean she you know maybe looks a little bit surprised but like she knows he's he's in between women we know that we have enough to know that that's what he's doing
1: yeah, she is, I, I think like in terms of her being ready for it, she was finally ready to like really take these men to task and yeah. all the ways, right? Like yeah. she took them to task at that table and like really read them, right? And mm-hmm. said, no, like this is some bullshit. I am a lead. Like, I think she's finally ready to like step up and be a leader in this position as an owner. Mm. And I think that that also carried over to, The relationship with Rupert and like this brings it to the very end of the episode where she says to Ted like she finally is saying I don't want to beat Rupert I want to win Mm -hmm. I want to win for Richmond I want to win for this community and the people here but I don't want to win just so that he loses and I think like I know we talked a bit about that scene when she says I just want to beat him Um, And about that really, you know, reflecting that she wasn't fully over him and that relationship. And now I think like she has finally come out on the other side of it. And I think her standing up to him, her being able to reject his advance. Mm -hmm. I think that that was a really important moment for her.
0: Yeah, I mean she even looks like the dress she's wearing and the way her hair is in the yeah. very end. She looks a little bit like what we saw in Amsterdam, like that more maybe we're like really seeing her allow herself to be who she is even more than than ever before.
1: Mm-hmm. I made a note about that in my notes too, that she had yeah. on this like flowy dress that's very unstructured, like she normally wears, and her hair moved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in the middle of there, I guess we we were kind of at the end of that now. But she does go over to Keeley's and then offers to support Keeley's business. Basically, That's offers true. to fund it. Yeah, yeah. And what a big episode. She's like ready. She's ready to be a boss in all of the ways. She's ready to be an investor.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good. Go yeah. Rebecca. I feel like I almost want to end there, but obviously there were some other fun stories here. Maybe should we talk about Nate actually, because we brought up Nate so much, or what do, yeah. do you want to yeah. talk about next?
1: I think, I think we should talk about Nate. Um, so Nate's out at West Ham. Yeah. We find out, I mean, it sounds Suddenly. like
0: little, seems sudden yeah,
1: quickly. And it sounds like the general public doesn't know wh- what happened we Mm -hmm. find out from nate that he actually quit i think they kind of try to lead us to believe that he was fired Mm -hmm. but he had quit jade is sweet and supportive they seem like they have a really wonderful relationship yeah yeah um and he's going through it like you can see that even though this was his choice there's still some level of depression here
0: yeah. I mean, in light of the, are you ready for it? Uh, I don't really know what to make of this exactly. Although I do know that I was like sort of watching Nate and Keeley earlier on, we had talked about their sort of parallel journeys with stepping into these new roles. And then both of them have l- l- stepped away from that role for whatever reason in this episode. So it was interesting to watch, like, Again, we don't know enough about what led him to make the decision to leave the team, but I I don't know what, in what, what, when you were thinking about, are you ready for it for Nate? What was coming to mind for you?
1: Well, I thought that I specifically thought about it with Nate because Rupert, that's actually what Rupert said Mm. about Nate. He said, because Rebecca asked Rupert what happened with Nate. And he said, some people just aren't ready when they get their shot. Mm. And so I don't there, think that's what happened. Oh, I don't, I agree. I do yeah. not think that's what happened either, but I think that that's an interesting like way that that was presented. Mm-hmm. And I think, I do think, you know, Nate said when he quit with Ted, right? Like when he had mm-hmm. that whole long thing with Ted, he was like, I earned this, I deserve this, right? He had that whole spiel. hmm and I think that, like, I I actually don't know that he was ready. To yeah, do... I guess, yeah, now, yeah, I guess, Natalie, I kind of wanted no. to take it
0: back, too. I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess I don't know if he was ready. I don't think Rupert's categorization of it is accurate. Right.
1: Yeah. Yes, I, to- I totally agree. I'm like, when Rupert said that, I was like, oh, fuck off, Rupert. Right. Like, Nate right. doing, was doing fine. But I do think that, like, Nate wasn't necessarily quite ready, like, because because like basically he hadn't gone through this journey that he just went through with his dad and understanding like how to motivate people. That's what I get from this whole story that we see is that basically the way that Nate received like messages of love and, and support from his dad were through him being belittled, right? Like his dad pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and belittled him and to Nate, that was how you motivate someone mm-hmm. and just do
0: better. just do better.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that cruelty is the the way to motivate. and he and he implemented that, right? We see that every time he stepped into places of power, he went for cruelty. And I think that this interaction with his dad, where he finally confronts his dad about that, and his dad is like really real and and apologizes, essentially. I think that that needed to happen before Nate can be like a fully realized, good coach. Because he's got the tactical part, but he definitely didn't have the human part yet. I mean, we saw that. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a really articulate way of describing what's going on. Yeah. It, it's like it's like those things that someone just needs to deal with in their life that he hadn't like fully dealt with. And not that we always know what those things are. I mean, just to be like, like, I don't know that he would have been able to say like, I need to reconcile in some way with my father so that I can be like a fully realized human. But like there probably are moments where a self-aware person might be like, wow, I really blame a lot of this on my relationship with my father. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that he goes back to his childhood home. It's interesting that he, like, that's where he wants to be, um, in this time. Like, so yeah, it's, I mean, he looks like he's, I mean, he is hiding for the first half of this episode.
1: Yeah. I also think, I mean, there's something about going back to your parents' home that is particularly comforting, right? Like, of. I just, I think of, I had a couple of bad breakups when I was in college or just thereafter. And there is something about like mom making you food, at least for yeah. me. Like I oh, I, I agree. Really, yeah. Yeah. I really, really related to this and like, you know, being in that place where you feel so safe and comforted, which shows like there is this level of comfort that Nate has with his family, even though his dad was a dick.
0: Yeah. Well, I made note a few times, like, wow, Nate's mom is so nice. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like that was, that was interesting. I think we've this season, we've gotten to see more about Nate's family than ever before. I just kind of thought they were awful in general before this season. I didn't know a lot about like, we didn't know a lot about his family other than his dad never seemed to approve of him. So yeah, I mean, I mean is was Nate ready for it or not? I think I agree with you that there were things that he needed to learn. I mean, when we think about it, we don't know Ted's whole background, but it seems like Ted has coached several teams like getting to be the manager of that level of football was a pretty big leap from where Nate has come from. So maybe he'll be, I mean, I guess we don't know what's going to happen next for him, but maybe, maybe this whole journey is what he needs to be, to be ready for the next time. Right. By the end of this episode, we see Keely being offered another opportunity. It's not that this is over. It just that this, the one format of her experience was over. And so I, I suspect the same thing will happen for Nate in some way, but maybe he'll be able to be more grounded. As he, you know, I mean, going back to that, connecting to the beautiful, passionate part of yourself, it seems like he's doing that when he's playing violin as well. It seems like he's like reclaiming parts of himself. Mm -hmm. And I imagine Jade's helping with that, like the ways that relationships open us up. There's a lot that's happened for him this episode or this season.
1: Mm hmm. Well, I think that he with Jade is getting real love without the cruelty. Like yeah. and, and although I do think it's worth noting that Jade has like a little snark to her. Oh, sure. It's, she's got an edge for sure. Yeah. I mean, she's always seems very loving to him. And she's, she's kind in the ways that I think are really important. But there's also like this little bit of like, snark. And I'm like, of course, you're attracted to that. That's your dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> And I think with Nate's dad, I, you know, I thought that this this interaction between them was really interesting. Um, where Nate, I mean, it's the first time you see Nate like really confront somebody since his interaction with Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, it really reads his dad like is like, "Hey, you were so mean. Like, you told me you hated it, and." Mm-hmm his dad seems to finally have come to the realization that like his actions have had pretty significant negative consequences on his son it also like makes the interaction last season when the wonder kid wonder mm-hmm. kid mm-hmm. stuff was happening like how his dad kind of was just like Meh, whatever like it wasn't very complimentary it I think provides a little more context to that 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 seems to be how he is just in all ways when Nate has accomplished anything he it's never good enough right like whatever he does is never good enough. One thing we learned about that whole map thing at the in a previous episode about right. Nate was that his dad didn't grow up in the UK. His dad was I think from India. is that think, right? yeah. yeah, yeah I don't did, I don't know if they said it. That. Just like
0: four thousand miles away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a spot on the map. I think it was, it was that area. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I don't think they say it though. I don't think they uh, say it, yeah. And I think like that, that's, I, I'm not a child of immigrants, um, but I have a lot of students who are, who talk about their experience being first generation um, Americans in the, in our case, and that like this relationship, what we see between Nate and his dad seems extremely real for like a lot of students that I interact with. And they, they, I mean, I've had like conversations where those students have sat in my office and cried because they're like, mm-hmm. my parents don't see me mm-hmm. like all oh, they, they just don't understand. And I, I can also have compassion for the parents in that situation where they're like, we gave up everything everything there's so much
0: pressure there's so much pressure for a lot of yeah. like, first generation folks yeah
1: yeah so I just I want to mention that too is that I think you know as is every there's always all these pieces of context that help us understand why people say that and do the things that they say and do and I think this is one of them is like okay he's his dad is looking at this of through a lens of being um of being an immigrant, mm-hmm. and his mom wasn't, mm-hmm. right? Like, his, her, his mom yep. is from the UK originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like, that, it, it, I just think that that's part of the context, right? Like, and it's not an excuse for bad behavior, but it is an explanation for why someone is the way that they are.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he basically, his dad ends by saying, be successful. Don't be successful. I never cared about any of that. I just want my son to be happy. That's the first time we've heard anything like that from his father. So I suspect it may be the first time Nate's heard those things too. So it's, but it's interesting to know, and maybe it will be freeing for Nate to know that he, his dad ultimately just wants him to be happy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that it finally pushed him to apologize, start his, like, I think this is the start of Nate's apology tour. That is my guess. Seems seems to be. (laughs) Yeah. And the first person he goes to is Will the kit man, which I think was appropriate and apologizes. And I think it's, you know, so much, we talk so much in communication about like the actions that we do and how much those can communicate. And I think like what he did, he went in, it seems like he like got all of the the kits ready for the team that day. He left a note that simply just said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I think like, that's so much more meaningful than this long explanation of why you did the thing you did like you you don't always need it. Like people don't need that. They just need to know that, like, you see them and you know what you did. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I thought the lavender was a sweet touch. I agree. I was going to say with the lavender. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right.
0: So Nate's coming around. Good job, Nate. Good job, Nate. Okay. Thumbs up for your choices recently.
1: Do you, <laughs> do you want to talk about Keely? Well, I mean, I think that like there is something uh, keely i think is wrestling with this question herself like is she ready for i think she has been wrestling with this since that i mean actually since the start since we have seen her Uh, to begin with she has been wrestling with the like what i mean i actually think all the whole show she's wrestling Uh, with like am i like am i ready for these positions like for Mm -hmm. this next step Mm -hmm. and um we see like That her funding got pulled very suddenly, which also just like as a side note, this is a full confirmation. Jack is such an asshole.
0: Also, it's a full confirmation of don't sleep with your funder. No, (laughs) but I don't know that that's the reason the funding was pulled. I don't know that that's the reason the funding
1: was pulled, but like make a different choice, Keely. And also, if you're funding someone, don't sleep with them. Jack, make Correct. a choice. Thank you. Thank you. Good point. Yes. Both and both. And yes. that, yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know if that's why maybe it was because she was in the newspaper or whatever it was on newspaper. Maybe it was because oh, of her okay. other thing. Like who knows, but it seems abrupt and it certainly wasn't communicated to her in an appropriate way. So yes, I agree. Jack did not act as a Jack should have acted in this situation in a variety no, of No,
1: no. And I think that Keely wasn't fully, I mean, I, I was just thinking about how she brought in Shandy really quickly. Yeah. And I think that that actually was evidence of her not being fully ready for the responsibility and mm-hmm. her position as a boss. She bought, brought in this person who, like reminded her of her old life and familiarity. I think that that was part of the the motivation for Shandy. Mm-hmm. And I think like that is indicative of her not being fully ready to own that position. Cause like, she clearly didn't think that through very well. Shandy was a nightmare.
0: Yeah. I mean, that being said, like, are we ever ready for anything? Like, I think also right. like on the other side of that, it's like, there's so much advice to start before you're ready. And that I think most of us bumble our way when we get a new opportunity. We don't know what we don't know. And so we're often bumbling through it to begin with. So I think debatable, are you ready for it? Right? Like, are you ready for it? Yeah, she is. And also there's probably going to be six months of bumbling before you totally figure it out. I don't know. In most, in a lot of cases, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, yeah, I think I think that's really real. And speaking of bumbling, she's kind of bumbling around Richmond in this episode. Yeah, yeah. just sort of wandering, not answering anyone's calls, not talking to anyone about it. She's she hiding. Up, she's hiding yeah. too. In her own she life. ends up, yeah, very, very parallel to Nate. She mm-hmm. continues to be similar. Uh, and she visits the pub, which I didn't realize we hadn't ever seen her in that pub before. It's kind of funny when you see two characters who like have been on the show and you're like, oh, right. They don't know each other. <laughs> <Weird>. yeah, what? <laughs> uh, and I think her, you know, may gives some really poignant advice to her. Um, I wrote down two of the things that May said that I, I really appreciated. The first was Keely came in and said, what's the opposite of the Midas touch? Everything I touch turns to shit. and. <laughs> May goes, well, shit helps things grow. And I was like, not wrong. Not, not wrong. What oh, a yep. what a perspective shift. Yep. <laughs> and and then they were again kind of talking about I think success and opportunities. And May said, once you've made it to the top of the mountain, all that's left for you is lightning. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm glad that Keeley was like, is that good or bad? Because I was also like, I don't know how to take this. Same. Same same. And and her response to that was it depends on whether you're ready for it or not. Yeah, I still don't fully understand, but okay. Do you understand? I mean, I guess I guess the thing is, is like when you're ready for the lightning, like you're ready to harness that power,
0: then Ooh, great. okay.
1: Okay. But if, great. if you're not, it doesn't go so hot. You probably get knocked. <laughs> you get down. electrocuted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, then we kind of see in like quick succession a few things that Keely's doing. She's still ignoring Rebecca's calls. She goes and buys a snow globe for Barbara, which I thought was very sweet. She had a couple interactions with Barbara, um, and she then walks up to Roy, who is leaving a letter for her, yeah. um, and. I mean, I guess we can talk about the, this part of the storyline now because yeah. it's yeah. kind of between the two of them. Um, Roy, Roy basically apologizes and is like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. Like, it, this was me. I mean, it's like the quintessential. It's not you, it's me. Yeah, the same. He at least provides like reasoning as to why that's the case, um, and." and apologizes for whatever, whatever he might've done that made her feel lesser than is the way that I heard Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think like, especially when you're down, it's really nice to hear that. Like Keely's gotten knocked down a few pegs this season, right? Like Roy broke up with her the the um i was gonna say sex tape but you know whatever what the that was yeah all the stuff jack drops her she's embarrassed now her her business that she's so excited about gets dropped like she mm-hmm. has had a lot of rough uh, had a rough go of it yes and i think it's a great time for roy to show up and be nice yeah
0: Yeah, and it's interesting just in light of what you had just said earlier that she said everything I touch turns to shit. And then he says in his letter that he read that she has him read to her. I was stuck. I was stuck in my own shit. Like he's acknowledging that like that wasn't her. It was him and his own stuff, which is let's just all remember in relationships so often what's actually happening, right? Even when it feels like it's about you, it's usually about the person and whatever they're going through.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was
0: not maybe it sounds like maybe he's ready for it now with Keeley. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Were you excited in that scene or were? You, how did you feel?
1: Oh my gosh! I had a, I have really complicated feelings. Here's like my honest take on, and this kind of brings in the Roy story too. Yeah, let's just bring them. Let's just bring them. Yeah. Yeah. So Roy, I mean, basically, like we see that Roy. I think that like meat of Roy's story is he kind of has this interaction with Miss Bowen at school, which we know they had had that really interesting conversation, right? Like the flirty conversation last season. And she's like, you look lighter, like different, lighter, less stuck. Um, and here's what I feel is missing. I feel like we are missing like a whole episode of Roy, like dealing with his shit. Yeah. Because last episode, was it just last episode where Rebecca was like, deal with it? Maybe it was two episodes, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca was like, hey man, why are you getting your own way? Like, kind of like, gave gave him like a pep talk yeah right and then like the next thing we see is he's like somebody's like you look less stuck you're lighter and now he's like I'm not in my own way anymore and I'm like look I love you Roy Kent so much Me too I'm missing what happened like I'm missing part of this story like yeah. what happened
0: yeah. yeah I felt the same I was like I'm not sure that you two should hang out right now. Like that was my feeling. Like I like you both. I like you both. I really like you together. I'm not sure this is the time is what I felt. And it was like, I was really disappointed because I wanted to feel like, yeah, like I love that feeling when like people find each other again and you're like, yay. But I didn't actually feel that way. And I was sad about it for all of the reasons you just described. I also haven't seen Keely fully go through a journey enough to feel like she's ready to like lock which, which what I want is for her to lock in with Roy and be like, now we're gonna have a baby or whatever. The thing is not Baby, nothing,
1: BR. Not, baby, a baby. BR. not that
0: people have a baby. I was that that was for Marsha. What yeah. I want is more like
1: what I want is more <laughs> with a baby
0: BR. <laughs> yeah, and I want them to live happily ever after. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know, and not that of course things aren't as clean as that, but I was a little dismayed at this episode and them this happening right now
1: i so i agree i think number okay so i think number one that whole like we just did not get like i needed more i need more of roy's journey like what like what helped him get unstuck that's what i feel like i don't see right now is like i'm assuming it was him and jamie in amsterdam biking that was but but it's not because rebecca had that whole conversation with him after that and yeah and i don't know maybe that was the start of it i just feel like there was like one i am like i needed like one more big scene same of roy coming having a conversation coming to some realization like something i needed something else that got us to this because i didn't feel like the conversation with Miss Bowen alone was enough. No, me either. Me either. Yeah. And yep. then, the, okay, so here's the other part of this. And I will say this kind of quickly. I think I've already said this to you. I don't think I talked about this on the podcast. I don't think For, you did. I am a little concerned that Keely is using sex as a way to like n- avoid feelings about things. Because it seems like at every step... She does that. And I like, I I don't want to sex shame her. I want her to have sex. Everybody can have sex.
0: That's fine. But it does seem like it's a pattern for her.
1: It totally is. Like, and if like, just to like, kind of recount these instances, like her and Roy, when they first are getting together, have that kind of like weird interaction where he doesn't, he's like, I'm busy. And she doesn't know what it is. And then Jamie shows up and is kind of nice to her. And so she just has sex with Jamie and then um like when her and roy were kind of like dealing with the he's in her space too much and she's kind of mad about it and she wants to have a conflict about it but doesn't know how she just goes ahead and have sex with him instead and then when like roy is clearly upset that he's not included in those photos for the vanity fair or vogue article she's like yeah let's just have sex and they go and have sex and then, like, as soon as she's feeling sad and, like, Jack is there, they have sex. And then, like, through their whole interaction, it's whenever anything serious is happening, they'll she'll just, like, you, like initiate sex. Mm-hmm. And now it's happening, like, in this instance. And I'm, like, I just wanted her to let him walk away. Me too! And, like, just deal, like you have had a shit day. And I also understand, like I, I can empathize. I could see myself doing a lot of those things that she Uh is doing. Right. Yeah. But it does seem like she really avoids dealing with things and uses sex to cover it up. And
0: I, I just like would say maybe sex or maybe even just like, she just moves on to the next person.
1: Yeah. For me, yeah, I'm like, I mean,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, yes to the, I think the sex thing is an interesting point, but also like take a beat to <laughs> be single for just a little while. I mean, I guess it's been a few weeks, but like, I want to see Keeley single for a year.
1: Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's what they're leading toward is like, she's going to, I mean, it, it. I do think it was interesting that she was giving that whole spiel to Rebecca about Rupert and like right I can't wouldn't it be nuts after everything yeah yeah it was a weird that was weird but then it seemed like Rebecca was approving of it like I was like are we supposed to be happy right now I'm not very happy actually I'm not sure how I feel about it honestly like yeah yeah I'm just not sure how I feel about any of it same same, same. And I did notice
0: that she was saying that to. I mean, I'm, it's really, really obvious that she's saying that to Rebecca as Roy walks in. And of course, you know, like I think you and I both love Roy. Like I'm like, okay, sure, well, give me Roy in a in Keeley's robe. Sure, that's great. Like, yes, love Roy. Totally. Love Roy. Don't know if I love this storyline right now.
1: Well, I'm thinking about it in terms of like if these were my friends right if this if these yeah. two people were my friends, yeah, I would have some trepidation, same about this, like it I think it's like that's a good way for me to look at it because on my TV screen, I'm like, yes, Roy might be shirtless more, and I love this <laughs> like I like seeing the two of them together on my screen. It makes yeah. me happy, yeah, but if I'm like. You know, if if the point of us having this discussion is to kind of think about how we apply these things to life, if these were my friends, I would be like, Oh, Keely, girl, you got a lot of things going right now. You were feeling really bad today. Was this the day, really? Like, (laughs)
0: Right, right, right. And obviously like, just to acknowledge, I, I think you and I both know people can heal in relationships. So I'm not say I don't mean to say you have to be single to work on your stuff. Like these two people, if they love each other, I definitely believe that they can work through things together and still like have, a if, if that's what they both want, I think it just felt, I agree with what you're saying about, like, I, and maybe they're just running out of time and they can't do every, we can't wrap everybody's story up nicely, but I just wanted like one more episode of them both having some self discovery and exploration <laughs> that led them to be like, Oh, you are my person. Like that is what I wanted. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and then I could have I- fully cheered for
1: it. <laughs> I agree. I didn't feel like this, them coming together did not feel as rewarding or exciting as it could have for me. Me Um, Yeah. So I'm glad that we, I'm glad that you were feeling this way too. Cause I was like, I want to be excited, but I'm not, (laughs) I'd like for both of them to go to therapy, therapy together too. But I feel like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I think both of them, like, I think it's noteworthy that neither of these two people utilize Dr. Sharon. Yeah, I think right. That, <laughs> good call, like, good call. They both, I don't know. I just think there's a lot to it. I, I think I think your observation that Keely jumps from relationship to relationship or person to person is, a, I think, also a really poignant one that, like, I understand it. I understand people it, do that, yeah. but it does, it can be really limiting, um, I think because it doesn't allow you to like, get to know yourself as a whole human outside of who you are in a relationship. Yeah. I really want her. I want them both to have that that experience. Well, I know that
0: we have talked a lot today. I don't want to leave without at least briefly mentioning poor Sam and Sam yeah. really being ready as I see it for the Nigerian national team and being excluded
1: yeah I okay this is another I don't know I'm having a little I think like I want so much from the show right now and like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just like getting so anxious because I'm like there's only two episodes left and I feel like I have not gotten the things that I want what did you want what did you I want? want like I needed so this was interesting I mean I, I think as soon as I saw Edwin Akufu was coming back we knew that like it was not going to go well for Sam as soon as he right. didn't make the Nigerian team I was like clearly Edwin Akufu has something to do with this. Like, right right um and I think it's it is hard. I was trying to think of how is Sam ready for it. Like what happened? The only change that happened in this episode for Sam is Jamie wore his number mm-hmm. for England, which is noteworthy. He and Jamie mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. had like a complicated relationship. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Maybe it's him kind of like feeling seen by this player who was definitely better than him when he started on this team and and let Sam know it um like acknowledging him and mm-hmm. seeing him I, maybe that's it and like now he's like okay I'm I am I don't know I don't know I'm I'm struggling with it like his storyline was interesting but I also was like I don't I don't really know what happened here
0: I don't either yeah I mean I think that definitely it's felt like Like, we already knew Akufu had totally, there was clearly something. And then it was very clear that, you know, we hear that that happened, that that's why he's not on the team. We see Jamie, you know, checking in with him and being like, we're good, right? And then wearing his number, which felt like acknowledgement, recognition, like a a great sort of team and friendship thing to do. I mean, there's this awkward interaction with Rebecca that I wasn't sure what to think about as well, where I'm like, like you know, they're like... Sort of punch each other on the shoulder, or whatever. Like, I'm like, are they friends? Are they attracted to one another? I couldn't really tell. Could you tell? What did you, what did you, what was
1: it? <laughs> it was so weird. I mean, that, like, that I didn't mind as much because I'm yeah. like, yeah, it kind of makes sense that you would be like, it's awkward. Like, they yeah. are both awkward in this. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, me too. And she's really real. She, yeah, it did. And she
0: says, you're wonderful. I mean, she knows as well. Like, everybody knows. He should have made that team, but I didn't fully understand his journey at the end when he comes back. Did you get what the significance of him, like putting the Nigerian national photo up again, the world cup team? I was like, maybe he knows that he's worthy. Like maybe that's what's happening is he understands his self-worth. I mean, but I feel like he already did understand that.
1: I know that's how I felt too and I'm like well and it wasn't his ability like maybe maybe what we are to believe is that while Edwin Akufu is the one who stepped in and prevented him from being on that team that like maybe he wouldn't have been fully ready for it and it like this next time around like he's a little more I don't know I don't see I can't even make the argument I don't know what happened yeah I like that Jamie's being empathetic I'll say good job Jamie
0: Yeah, and maybe we just, like, are getting to see Sam, like, Sam, I mean, Sam felt sad, then Sam held his own with Edwin Akufu again, who is, like, just this, like, bully, bully, erratic bully towards him, and we just see him remain calm and grounded and sad, and then we see him smile at the end. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening here.
1: I mean, he's not, I guess, I guess if we're to take Ted's words from the first season, there's something worse than being sad and it's being sad and alone. And he's not alone. I mean, I think that like being in the, the room, the media room with his teammates, seeing that Jamie is really acknowledging him. Like the, Mm -hmm. I do think Mm -hmm. that that wearing his number was a very significant thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, I (laughs) am I don't know what happened. I don't know. Did I miss the- listeners? If you caught something in this, that we did not, please, let, please us know. let us know. Cause I felt a little like, I mean, okay. Is he just being a goldfish? Is that what happened? He decided to forget it. Like that could be it. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe that is it. Yeah. Well, that's what goldfish. we're calling it for now. Sam sure. followed Ted's advice and was a goldfish and yeah. is resilient in this situation. Well, anything else you want to say before we any any favorite Tedisms this time?
1: Okay, I have two very important things I want to very quickly recognize. They are not Tedisms, oh, yes. but number one, we didn't mention this. Roy Kent in day. yes, please. Could that just be like our favorite
0: thing? Could that just be like our favorite thing from this episode? <laughs> no, my favorite thing was Rebecca in this episode, but also when.
1: Roy in the tie tie dye. dye. And is tie dye his thing now? (laughs) I know at the end. He's wearing Uh, another one. I know. I love that. Here's the other thing that got me real excited. We finally got to meet Roy's sister.
0: But was she is, the woman? Did you look back? Was that she she was
1: okay. the same. It's the doctor from the ER when Dr. Sharon was in there, and then she talked to and I called it in that episode. I'm like, that's Roy's sister. You did. We you did. It. And I
0: meant to look it up and I forgot.
1: Cool. It's the same. When we the, she came on the screen, I paused the episode and I was like, Dustin. He's like, Yes, that's the same woman. I was like, I, mean, yeah. I don't know why that gave me such satisfaction.
0: But it's just so nice that they're so thoughtful in the show about everything. They just think about all the details and you know that they have. And that's very satisfying.
1: It's so deliberate. And also, can Jamie just be with Roy's sister? Because that is something I would love. That was maybe
0: one of my favorite moments. That whole like your sister's
1: real fit. I'll cut your
0: eyes out moment was hilarious. (laughs) Uh, It was also great to be like, I brought your best friend. Phoebe being like, I brought your best friend. That whole that whole interaction was my fave.
1: Yeah, it was good times. Okay, we can end thinking about that.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the P.S. Let's Talk Love podcast.
1: We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this
0: podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know.
1: And if you don't like it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You can just, you can just forget this podcast exists and move along.
0: You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting.
1: If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.